You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. So we've shifted gear as we get into the third and final hour of uh, the talking point, and uh, we're talking asthma. It, it's, it, uh, our discussion on asthma comes at the back of World Asthma Day. Uh, that was last week, and uh, we're reminded about how much education is still needed around this very chronic condition. It's time for the health feature, by the way. And asthma affects the airways in the lungs and makes it harder for air to flow out of a person's airways when one breathes out. Allergies are also playing a major role for those living with asthma and also how uh, those allergies then indirectly impact asthma and make it more severe. South Africa is said to be rated 25th in the world for asthma prevalence, but fourth in the world for asthma mortality. To help us through uh, what some of the causes and treatments are and also the impact for children, we're joined on the line by Trevor Brewer, director of of air treatment specialist Solenko and uh, Dr. Candice Royal, who is a pediatrician and uh, allergologist at Allergy uh, Foundation South Africa. And by the way, it's important that if you're an asthma sufferer or an allergy sufferer, please call in on 011-714-2006 to ask our guest's question. That's 011-714-2006 or our WhatsApp line 0614 So maybe I start with uh, Dr. Candice Royale. Uh, Good morning and thank you very much for joining us. Let's talk about uh, what asthma is as you define it. Good morning, KG, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Asthma, as you mentioned, is is a chronic uh, respiratory condition. And as you correctly described, it's characterized by affecting the airways. Um, And this condition causes chronic inflammation of the airways, and it also causes your airways to become what we call hyperreactive, so to become narrow in certain situations. And that causes the symptoms that we all associate with asthma, which is cough, difficulty breathing, and as you correctly described, um, obstruction to air being exhaled from the lungs, which gives you the sound of wheeze which is also another classic feature of asthma. Oh, that's why uh, people with asthma, when they breathe, they'll go, "Mm," and it's a lot heavier. It sounds like it's more laborious. Absolutely. So that's all that inflammation of the airway that's causing that resistance to your expiration, and that produces that sound that we hear. Yeah. You're a pediatrician, uh, Dr. Royal. From what age do asthma symptoms present in young children? That's an excellent question, KG. So we often think that asthma is only a problem for older people, but in fact, symptoms that are similar to asthma can start very early on in life, even in infancy. But those are usually characterized by wheezing and cough that's associated with infection. So as we all know, um, and any parent with small children will know this well, Small children are prone to getting respiratory tract infections, and that sometimes causes wheezing in those who have um, a genetic um, a predisposition towards conditions like asthma. And those symptoms can persist then later, and after the age of five, we then give that label of asthma as we then suspect there's less chance of um, the child outgrowing these symptoms. 
Yeah. Trevor, let me bring you in and good morning to you. Trevor Brewer, Director of Air Treatment Specialists uh, Solenko. They say that we as South Africa are rated 25th in the world for asthma prevalence and uh, fourth in the world for asthma mortality. What kinds of uh, statistics do you guys have at Solenko uh, that support this notion that we're 25 in the world for asthma prevalence and fourth for asthma mortality? Good morning. Hi, good morning, good morning, Katie. Thanks very much for having me. Um, so that isn't stats that we've provided. That's actually stats that have been provided by the World Health Organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, something that certainly uh, keeps us up at night and, and uh, makes us extremely concerned about the, the air quality in people's homes. Yeah, because a, for, a fourth in asthma mortality is something that I'm sure worries you. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, uh, it's never great being high up on the list for, for that mortality rate, especially on the global scale. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, we need to try and find or, or, or present solutions that will either reduce the triggering of an asthma attack or, or alternatively um, sort of prevent the, 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 the irritants that are, that are in the air that could uh, cause that asthma attack, which could eventually lead to mortality. So perhaps then, Trevor, I, I go back to, you know, the onset of asthma. When uh, a, an average pa- patient comes in uh, and uh, they've gotten asthma, what influences their body to be prone to asthma? Uh, how do people get asthma? Um, Katie, I think Dr. Royal would probably be better positioned to, uh, to answer that question. But um, in terms of certain triggers that are impacted uh, on the body uh, from an environmental impact perspective, such as things such as pollen, dust mites, mold, even pet dander can trigger an asthma attack. Um, similarly, with with a, a person who's who's prone to asthma, they they might find airborne pollutants such as smoke or smog, um, or even sort of dust particles in the air as as quite bad irritants to to uh, their breathing abilities. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm literally getting scared because I have a pollen uh, uh, allergy, uh, Doctor Doctor Royal. But maybe I bring that question back to you. Uh, you know, uh, because I, I I assume there's a point at which somebody gets diagnosed. But what kinds of uh, challenges do they face that leads you as doctors to say, oh, definitively it is asthma, and this is how you ended up getting it. Great, Katie. So I'll just go back to that point about what actually causes asthma and just to make that distinguishment between what was the initial causation and what actually worsens the symptoms. So the causes are multifactorial, but we know there's a strong genetic component. So if you have one parent with asthma, you are 25% more likely to get asthma. And if you have two parents, you are 50% more likely. So there's definitely very strong hereditary component. Um, But then we know environmental factors also play um, a great role. And environmental factors are very important in causing symptoms and aggravating asthma. So when we think of those environmental um, exposures, what we're talking about are things that we call irritants, which would be cigarette smoke, air pollution, cosmetics, fragrances, um, those types of things. And then, of course, we've got our allergens, um, which are the dust mites and your pollen allergy falls mm, in there. Yeah. So those are all things that make the symptoms worse. How do we get to the point of diagnosing asthma? So we would take a very good history and, and, and find those classic um, symptoms of cough, predominantly an early morning cough, um, cough that's 
um, occurs with exercise is typical of asthma. Wheezing, of course, as we mentioned, is another classic symptom of, of um, asthma. And people that describe a cold will always go to my chest are often actually asthmatic. Mm. We then have some tests like lung function tests that we can do that help us then corroborate and, and confirm that diagnosis. Yeah. These symptoms that you uh, also describe, the breathlessness, the coughing, the wheezing and things like that, are they in any way influenced uh, by weather patterns? And I say that because, uh, you know, of the reference to uh, pollen sufferers. And I know as somebody who uh, is allergic to pollen is that uh, there's points in uh, an average year that are heightened pollen points for me as a sufferer. And there's points uh, that are sort of lower. So, you know, the, are these symptoms influenced? by weather patterns at all? Absolutely. So just in general, asthmatics tend to have symptoms triggered by exposure to cold air. Mm -hmm. So winter is generally a worse time for symptom control if you have asthma. But then, of course, if you have certain pollen allergies, that will then um, depend on the time of year. So I'm based in the Western Cape and we have a very long grass pollen season. So Mm -hmm. grass pollen sufferers tend to have symptoms from spring right through summer, even into the beginning of autumn. Um, so it depends on what your allergy is. Indoor allergy, allergies such as house dust mite and mold also tend to be worse in, in winter because people are indoors and ventilation is reduced um, due to the cold. Mm. Um, so, so definitely weather and time of year is very influential in asthma control. So when the the symptoms, uh, you, you know, how does one control the symptoms? Because the one thing we all do see is uh, asthma people look like they have some sort of pump that they use. How generally uh, are the symptoms controlled? And do, does the symptom control vary from child to adult? Yes, so of course asthma is a chronic condition. Unfortunately, it cannot be um, cured, but it can be managed um, very well in most people. So the aim of asthma treatment is actually to be completely symptom-free, to have a good quality of life and to be able to engage in normal activities, including sport. And how do we achieve that? So that will be based on the um, patient's individual severity of asthma. So some asthma can be managed just with what we call lever medications that help one feel better at the time, but other patients will require what we call preventative therapy, which is therapy that is used on a daily basis um, in order to control that allergic inflammation in the airways Mm -hmm. and to prevent symptoms. And that preventative therapy comes in different forms. So what we are mostly familiar with and which is generally the best asthma treatment is inhalers. um, And these um, either contain corticosteroids or what we call beta agonists. Um, which help open up the airways, and those are used to control symptoms. But there are also tablets that can be used as well. Hmm. What What is the impact um, of of uh, uh, asthma on the uh, on the you know the living conditions of people who live with it every day? I mean, for example, if a child has asthma, are they able to participate uh, fully and easily in sport at school? That's really um, one of the messages that we as the Allergy Foundation would like to convey to the public is that asthma really can be well controlled and we want 
um, people who suffer from asthma to have a good quality of life and to be able to achieve normal um, levels of activity, including being involved in sports, um, children being able to attend school every day, not missing school because of their symptoms. But in order to do so, it obviously requires adherence to a treatment plan. Um, so that's that's really important. Yeah. If you're an asthma sufferer, please uh, call if uh, you have questions or allergy sufferer on zero double one seven one four two zero zero six. And and Trevor, as we go to uh, the news headlines, I want you to apply your mind to the question I I wanted to ask you quickly, which was, you know, what is the importance of World Asthma Day, which was commemorated last week, and why is it that it's necessary to even have World Asthma Day? We are in conversation in our health feature about uh, the understanding of allergies and how they end up being linked to asthma. It's 11.30. Liesl Wilson is standing by with the news headlines. Welcome back. It's 11.31. We're talking allergies and the link to asthma because uh, it's the back of World Asthma Day. That happened last week. And Trevor Brewer is director at Air Treatment Specialist Solenko. And Dr. Candice Royale is allergist from uh, uh, Kids Allergy Pediatric and Allergy Center. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Trevor, about the importance of uh, World Asthma Day. Perfect. Thanks, KG. Yeah, so uh, it's obviously great and it's vitally important that we raise awareness in terms of different uh, chronic conditions uh, affecting people from all walks of life, whether it's David Beckham, who, who suffers from asthma, asthma um, to, to children um, who, who, who suffer from it. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of the most common chronic illnesses in children in South Africa, and uh, the prevalence of it is continuously increasing um, in both rural and urban environments. Um, I guess what, what is encouraging to also, also know that there are solutions um, that, that, that one can take to, to create a healthier indoor living environment um, through the use of an air purifier or dehumidifier. This will either prevent or remove uh, any of the triggers or irritants in the air that could lead to, to an asthma attack um, yeah. in the future. What is the focus of your work at Solenco? Uh, so we provide solutions for environmental comfort, which is wh- really where our name comes from. Um, and that is to provide you with... Uh, uh, an, apl- uh, an appliance or, or a product that will either remove uh, pollen from the air or prevent the, the growth of mold or dust mites. Um, so we sell a number of, of products, uh, with two of them uh, being the air purifier, uh, which, which uses a multi-filtration system um, that is able to remove these triggers or irritants from the air. Uh, it has a pre-filter which removes any pet dander um, from the air, which, which might be an irritant to someone with asthma, to an HEPA filter, which removes pollen, it removes dust mites, even removes mold spores from the air, um, to, to an activated carbon filter, which actually removes uh, any smokes or smogs or VOCs out of the air. VOCs are uh, volatile organic compounds, which are your traditional household cleaning products. Um, but it also removes uh, SO2s, which is one of the, the largest pollutants emitted by ESCOM, um, which affects a, a large amount of people up on the household. Um, and then finally, it has a UV light and, and PCO, uh, which is a photocatalytic oxidization uh, mechanism, which kills any airborne viruses or bacteria. Um, mm. So that the air purifiers are great in removing these, these allergens or, or particles from the air. Mm. But mm. if you want to be preventative in, in nature as well, we would suggest getting a dehumidifier. Um, these actually reduce the amount of humidity in the air. Um, dust mites and mold uh, thrive in, in sort of damp and dark uh, 
areas. Uh, dust mites reproduce at any sort of uh, humidity level above 70% relative humidity. Um, and as such, if you bring those uh, humidity level down to a controllable uh, or down to a controlled uh, uh, spectrum of, say, 45 to 55% relative humidity, you'll, you'll stop that release of, of mold spores and the reproduction of dust mites, um, which will have a, a positive impact on, on your life and, and, and help that indoor air quality. Yeah, we have some questions from uh, our listeners. So I will just uh, read the questioners that came through on WhatsApp. And uh, 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 any one of you who's uh, the most qualified for the question can answer. So the first question reads, Hi, KG, it's Owen from Cape Town. My friend was working for many years for Peck and Stack, and these company merchandise uh, Sasco products in stores. He was packing for many years flour and maize products. I want to know, do, do these products give you asthma because he now has asthma he had never suffered from asthma previously but now does i think i can help there kg yes um, go on doctor so that's actually uh syndrome that we call baker's asthma which is a great name so that chronic exposure to flower particles in the air um is uh, induces that allergy, um, which then presents as asthma. So it's adult onset asthma from your occupational environment. So yes, absolutely, it's a classic condition. Wow. And then the other one is, good morning, a question to the doctor. My son was diagnosed with asthma. In addition, he was diagnosed with whooping cough. What exactly is this whooping cough and how are these two related? Kindly advice. Okay, great. So whooping cough is an infection from something that we are usually vaccinated against. Um, it's a bacteria called pertussis, um, and it uh, causes that classic 100-day cough that you may have heard of before. So uh, a really um, strong cough that goes on and on for, for many, many days and weeks and months. Um, the relationship between that and asthma is actually similar to with all respiratory infections. So if one has underlying asthma, that will be worsened when one has an infection. So your symptoms of cough from your asthma are going to be worse when you've now got another reason to have a cough. So, so they um, together will cause a worsening of, of anyone with an asthma. Yeah, we also have two voice note questions, uh, and then uh, we we have a call. Maybe I go to the caller first. We have a caller. Uh, let's go to Chris Nguna in uh, Rosebank, and uh, Chris has a question on asthma. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, KJ. I'm well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, I want to 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 understand something. Every time when I have flu, when I go to clinic, they give me something like a spray. It's called a achievement or something like that. I forgot the name. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, it's, it's asthma because every time when I use it, um, I will feel better. Okay. Did you, did you not ask your doctor if you have asthma? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. I didn't ask. Okay. But always when I have flu, I struggle to, to breathe. To breathe. Like at, at, yeah. So I, 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 I hardly breathe. Wow. But when I use that thing, I will feel better. I will begin to breathe better. Wow. Okay, uh, Dr. Royal, uh, do you want to ask uh, answer Chris's question? Sure, Chris. I just want to clarify um, when you 
mention the medication they give you? It's something that you inhale, you breathe in? Yes. Okay, so it sounds like they're giving you reliever medication for airway obstruction, which, um, as I mentioned, um, one of the features of asthma is people describe every time they get a flu or a cold, they get difficulty breathing a tight chest, um, and, and that's, that can happen in asthmatics, and that's then relieved by using that inhaler medication, which works to open up the airway. So if this is a problem that you're experiencing frequently, there is a possibility you may be asthmatic, um, and that definitely needs to be explored with your healthcare professional Fantastic, fantastic. I hope uh, you do that, uh, Chris. Thank you so much. Chris J, you are in Kabecha. Good morning, Chris J. Hello, Kaji. Hello, doctors. Um, Kaji, um, I've had uh, asthma since I was, uh, well, as far back as I can remember. Um, grew up on a nebulizer and um, and then been on Ventolin since then and the odd cortisone inhaler as well. Um, but when I was younger, um, my father found a course called a Buteco course, like a breathing course. Um, as far as I understand it, it was to lower your oxygen levels and increase your carbon dioxide levels in your blood to get your airways to relax a bit. Um, I was wondering whether doctors had heard of that and if they can comment on if they've heard of a Buteco, it's called Buteco course. Um, and then just one other thing was... Did it work for you, the course, though, before the doctors answered? Did it work for you, Chris? Very, 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 very well, very well. Mm. I, I loved my, I loved my sport, um, and I'd be running off the rugby field every ten minutes to to the coach to get hold of my inhaler. Mm. Um, and winter time was was really bad. Spent time in New Zealand with pollen is really bad as well. So mm. yeah, I've moved back to South Africa. It's improved a lot now. Um, and, uh, and but and yeah, so yeah, the course worked very very well. But mm. you got to get, uh, make it a lifestyle in a sense, and make it a habit to actually uh, put those things into practice. Um, a lot of breathing through the nose and shallow breaths, and it, it relaxes you and all that type of stuff. Um, but it was, you know, that, that one. And then, the, and then the second one was, um, was uh, 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 someone suggested once, because sometimes I'd lose my inhaler when I was younger, and then I'd panic because mm-hmm. I, I was having an asthma attack. And I, so someone once suggested get an onion and, and bite into an onion. And... Um, oh. It works like a it works like a bomb, um, and I don't know what Excuse the mechanism the is behind it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, but it really it really works. It, 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 it gives instant relief, but it doesn't last for long. So it gives you uh, it gives me a uh, you know maybe ten or fifteen minutes before I'll start wheezing again. Yeah. Um, this is yeah, now the, the um, onion. The onion, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what is in the onion. That uh, it's raw onion. It's not nice. But you, when you're desperate like that, you you don't have a choice. Mm, just um, thinking about it. But maybe we let uh, Trevor uh, answer this one as well. Trevor, have you heard about this breathing cause? And and uh, do you know about the onion and and the impact of the onion? Uh, unfortunately, not, KG. Uh, out of my area of expertise, I'm okay. sure the doctor might okay, be able to assist with that. Yeah. Okay, Dr. Royal, you know of this course and uh, the effects of the onion on asthma sufferers? Um, I'm intrigued and also partially stumped. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, in terms of the breathing course, so I think um, we must remember that increasing lung capacity in, in asthmatics is really important. So mm. we encourage our asthmatics to 
to do sport because that does improve lung capacity, especially sports like swimming, um, are fantastic for asthmatics. Um, and although I don't know of that course specifically, I would imagine that that would be their goal, exercises to help improve lung function, as well as we've always got to remember that asthma and emotion and anxiety are also very highly linked. So mm. an asthma mm. attack may be precipitated by being anxious or being in a, an, a moment of a strong emotion. So it's always important to mm. access breathing yeah. techniques to help one relax um, at the time of an asthma exacerbation or in a time of intense anxiety. As for the onion, (laughs) I will have to go and open my books because I'm stumped about that. But all I can think is that possibly, again, it's more a diversion of the anxiety that one would start to experience Mm. when one is having an asthma attack. Um, But of course, we don't want people to um, not be accessing their medications. So please, if you are having an asthma exacerbation, please make sure you do get your hold of your medications in one form or the other um, rather than rely on Yeah, I've done radio for a long time. Being encouraged to eat an onion is is a first (laughs) uh, uh, for me. So, uh, 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 Dr. Royal, we have voice notes and I hope you have a pen in front of you because what we want to do is just play those uh, uh, voice notes and then uh, you respond to the questions uh, that they are asking uh, around, obviously, asthma and breathing issues so yeah let's hear the voice note hi kg i just want to know can um carbon oxide can it cause asthma monday kept down carbon oxide uh, can it cause asthma um, so I assume the, the caller is referring to carbon monoxide, which mm-hmm. obviously is a component of air pollution. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of research into um, that as a causation for asthma, which has not shown that it is a cause, but it is definitely an aggravating factor and can um, mm. precipitate an asthma attack. Yeah, carbon monoxide. Okay, the next voice note. Uh, good afternoon here. It's uh, Anonymous speaking here. I just want to know, uh, is there any, is there a cure for asthma? Can asthma be cured? Okay, thank you. I think you answered this earlier, but maybe you, you answer again, Dr. Royal. So unfortunately, asthma is a chronic condition, um, which means we don't have a curative therapy, um, but we have excellent treatments that can control symptoms so that one can be symptom-free um, and have a normal quality of life. So the answer is unfortunately no, um, but asthma can be well-managed, and that is one of our messages to the public, is if you are experiencing asthma symptoms, it means your control is not optimal and, and it can be improved. So we must try and work to get a better treatment plan then. Yeah, so perhaps, uh, you know, we can also just, uh, before we finish our interview today, talk about the steps to managing asthma so that uh, uh, people who uh, have asthma uh, are reminded of the the steps to the process of managing it. But the next voice note now. 
Hi KG, I just want to ask the pediatrician there, I have a five-year-old, okay, uh, who, okay, she's allergic to mold and fungus, uh, we did the allergy test and uh, other dairy products, but the problem is that whenever she goes to school, I'm not sure what is it specifically at school, I think maybe there is some mold because then she would be blocked and then she have difficulty breathing, she would wheeze, you know, and if we check the situation, it would be, I mean, yesterday I had to collect her from school, it was such a was 85 and we had to go for emergency services to be attended to right but my problem is that um, the doctor the pediatrician has not yet diagnosed the child and um, she only gives us naps it's I think it's it's Dulan and some it's another medication that's not for the B yeah so we mix it with um, three percent um, hypotonic solution for and then we nebulize the child but then i wanted to ask isn't this a long use of this thing that isn't the uh, side effects i also heard the pediatrician saying that they do prescribe steroids so won't these uh, long use of steroids have any side effect on on the children and is there any other alternative you know alternative medication that we can give i know a friend of mine was saying i can give the child onion yeah and just cut it and then she can i can just put it next to her bed when she sleeps you know um yeah but then again um as i said that yesterday before from school i started at the chemist uh but then and then the the because i was asking for a rub or some oils to use and then um the pharmacist said no sometimes using these um these things might block the airway and make the situation worse so i'm just asking is there another alternative that the doctor uh can assist us with okay i hope you heard that uh, dr royal yes i did Mm -hmm. and i'm sorry to hear about your child um the first point is that yes, the treatment plan needs to be optimized because if your child is experiencing regular events like this, it means that there isn't adequate control and what is being prescribed is what I mentioned before, the reliever, the Duolin that you mentioned, it's a reliever treatment, but although it may help during an asthma exacerbation, it's not going to prevent further symptoms. So it sounds like a preventative treatment is required. Um, the question about steroids, so um, as I mentioned, what we generally use for preventative treatment for asthma is inhaled steroids, and that is safe to use on a long-term basis, even in small children, and we've got lots and lots of evidence to support that. Um, but you giving oral steroids or steroid syrups or steroid tablets um may be appropriate in certain circumstances but is not good for children on a long-term basis and can cause um, delay in growth and many other problems so that should be avoided absolutely so that would be a concern for me too um, in terms of things that can be rubbed on chest your your pharmacist is absolutely correct so strong smells tend to actually cause bronchoconstriction so tend to make the airways close up so I wouldn't want to expose a child who's having asthma symptoms to strong smells because it might actually worsen things. Yeah and the onion came back again did you hear that? This is the theme of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay let's hear the next voice note. Hi KG Tabo here. 
Look, my question is on uh, the polyp, né? Because for years uh, I was told uh, I have sinuses which affects my breathing and also causes snoring. But then later I consulted an ENT specialist and he found out that it was not sinus, it was actually a polyp. And that polyp obviously affects my breathing and it, it leads to snoring. So it was operated on and it was removed, but it looks like it's coming back, that polyp. So I don't know if your guest there can advise. Uh, can this also have other effects in terms of the respiratory tract and the system? Thank you, KG. Doctor, do you want to take that? Sure. So anything that's causing obstruction with sleep is a problem because if you're snoring um, or having blockage and even some people experience episodes of actually stopping breathing while they're sleeping, that's a problem because you are not going to be getting the correct amounts of air into your circulation and it can cause a rise in carbon dioxide in the body which has some potentially harmful effects long-term for your heart and lungs. So those things we actually take quite seriously, even though it may sound trivial to have a problem with snoring, um, I would definitely get it assessed either by your regular healthcare professional or by your ENT, because if it is a polyp, it may require surgery again. Okay. We have uh, two more voice notes and then another caller. Uh, Next voice note, please. Good morning, Zizkethi. I just wanted to find out from the kind doctors, um, is it unusual for somebody to start with a sore throat and then it develops into a cough? And what would they suggest for somebody who works with uh, cement, um, like, how can I say, a a plaster? What would they recommend for somebody who works with cement? Thank you very much. I was KG. Okay, sore throat, then cough, and uh, happens to somebody who works constantly with cement. Um, so, so that could be either the start of a, a respiratory tract infection or it could, can be um, a problem with allergy or irritant exposure. So often if you have a chronic bronchitis, um, that can give you that itchy, scratchy throat. Um, a persistent cough in the absence of being actually sick, that would also make me worry about an allergy or an irritant exposure. Um, so definitely get that assessed. In terms of how one can protect oneself in the workplace, so um, definitely if you're working with cement, you would want to use a mask that's going to prevent inhalation of those particles on a continual basis. So an N95 mask would probably be appropriate. Yeah. And our last voice note. Good morning, KG. It's Ronnie here. Look, uh, I suffer from uh, chronic uh, sinuses. Uh, I did the operation, it only helped for a few months. Uh, then, after it was back, uh, what happens? Like, I usually, whenever there's a, uh, my sinuses are triggered, like, I would cough for non stop. So, I just wanted to find out uh, if ever is there, other than the operation is there. Uh, uh, something or a medication that I can take that would uh, assist in uh, reducing the cough maybe. Uh, Thank you. Hmm. Yes, uh, doctor? Um, Yes, so I would definitely evaluate if if you don't have an underlying allergy. Um, So I'd 
getting the testing done would be great to help you to modify the, the environment as well um, to, to try and prevent those symptoms. And there definitely are very effective medications. So surgery would be a last resort. So I would definitely explore those options first before resu- resorting to surgery. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, I think we have a caller now. Uh, uh, they're trying to uh, get him back. But I don't know if, uh, Trevor, there's anything in terms of uh, recommendations that you'd make to any of the people who came through uh, in terms of uh, stuff that you may have at Solenko that may help. Absolutely. Uh, so to the mother, shame with the, with the child who, who the has The five-year-old, alert. yes. Yes, Um we would certainly suggest the use of a dehumidifier within your living environment. Um, obviously, with the impact at school, it, it might be a little bit more difficult um, to to set something up with the school. Uh, but a dehumidifier will control your humidity levels, which will stop the, the growth of mold um, and essentially the release of the mold spores into the air, which is what affects your airways. Um, a dehumidifier is able to control that humidity through through um, extracting that, that moist air out of the uh, or the moisture out of the air. Um, it then collects it in a water tank and you're able to, to throw it away. But the benefits of, of that uh, uh, control of, of the humidity level is the fact that you don't get mold um, growing, you don't get dust mites. Um, and what's even better, I guess, is that it can have other impacts to your household, whether if you're having peeling paint or bubbling paint or prevent that, and the sort of growth of mold on your leather jackets or leather shoes would also help prevent that. So that would certainly be a suggestion from from my side if if she had to come and look for a solution for her for her issue. Yeah, Yabinga uh, in Langa. Hi, Yabinga. Hi, KG. Hi. Um, I, I I want to come back to the before I make my point. Come back to the onion uh, uh, issue. Mm. You know, uh, as a child, I was very asthmatic, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and, uh, but my mom, uh, you never used to eat the onion, but what she would do, she would chop the onion fine and then uh, put it in a bottle or a jar and uh, cover it with sugar. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a couple of days, 48 hours to 72 hours, uh, that, that onion will dissolve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and the syrup will form, mm-hmm. uh, and and I was I was made to drink that syrup, Ooh. and up yes, you know you know with the sugar yes makes yes it, I've got you the, <laughs> the taste, taste better you know yeah. yeah better and you know what I still use that concoction up to today even to my children. So you don't consider yourself a a, a chronic asthmatic anymore? No, I don't. And you know what, ne? Uh, I I stopped. I used to use the pumps and everything. Uh, I stopped uh, using those when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, starting to be serious in sport and all of that. Up to today, uh, it's been I'm sure more than thirty years that I've never used the pumps. Wait, I'm I'm not going to ask the doctors to comment because they're scientists, right? But I want to ask you this question. Uh, so you you you. Do, do you do you use the the syrup and I mean the syrup from the 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 onion concussion the, the onion and sugar concussion continuously irrespective of what happens it's something that you sort of inculcated in your life that's what no, you do or, no, or how no, like when I was in high school 
when when I feel, you know, when I feel my chest, maybe there's a lot of flame and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm coughing and, mm-hmm. and then I would make that. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know? though, the problem is you have to wait for it for about 72 hours, you said. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, but, but, but you can keep it, you know, yes. you can, uh, once it's uh, dissolved, you can keep it in the fridge. It can stay for, for even much longer. Wow. You know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, but 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 one question I wanted to find out from the doctor. You know, Peter Tosh. There's a song that he uses. He sings. Uh, I think it's legalize, uh, legalize it. Mm-hmm. He he speaks of uh, marijuana that it should be legalized because one of the things that it is uh, marijuana is good for is um, glaucoma. It helps with glaucoma and uh, it helps with asthma. Hmm. I wondered. I wondered uh, the doctor there to to vouch for that. Okay, uh, yeah. Doctor Royal, do you, do you want to 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 uh, vouch for the holy herb, as some would say? <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, from an evidence point of view, I'm not aware of any for asthma, and it's certainly not part of any international treatment guidelines. So I won't put my my head on a blood Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, lastly, uh, let's talk guidelines quickly on how to manage uh, asthma for people who are suffering, whether they're children or they're older. Yes. So I think we always talk about a few pillars to managing any allergic disorder, one of which would be asthma. And the first would be environmental um, exposures. So I think that's where Trevor comes in, just looking at what allergies and irritants are um, are in the environment and mm-hmm. controlling those to mm-hmm. help improve symptoms. And then we look at our medications. Um, are we using the correct medications? Are we using them correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, I think with asthma, that's something we spend a lot of time teaching our patients how to actually use their devices correctly knowing when to act when they're having asthma symptoms and when they think they're having an asthma attack and how to manage that at home. Yeah. Um, sure. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, uh, but let's quickly get the website at Solenko, Trevor, uh, for people to come through. Yeah, sure, thanks. It's uh, Solenko, S-A, so S-O-L-E-N-C-O-S-A dot C-O dot Z-A. Fantastic. Or you can give us a call on 861 878 and we'll be able to assist. Fantastic. And uh, at the Allergy Foundation South Africa, is there a website, Dr. Royal? Yes, there is. It's www.allergyfoundationsa.org. Thank you very much to the both of you and uh, good luck to everybody who is living with and uh, learning to manage uh, asthma. Lebo Musou and Kanya Bonani are the producers of this show. Keep it SAFM at all times uh, between three and uh, one, I'm sorry, and three living redefined with Sichaba Kreba and uh, three to six beyond the headline with Aldrin Sampia. It's 12.01. It's uh, time for update at noon and Sakina Kamwendo is standing by.